Welcome back to Embodied Millions. This is Danielle Margraf, and here we go. So I wanted to share a little bit about um, last week. So I want to give you an update on last week. Um, Six Figure Frequency was a total success. We did that one-day event. We had 90% of people who signed up show up. It was beautiful. Um, I think we had uh, 77-ish people in the room. Um, it was exciting. It, the energy was ridiculous. Um, it was very potent and very powerful. And uh, people were very, you know, they got it. They understood this whole idea of, you know, bringing in the nervous system piece with the money piece, with the energy piece, with the, you know, capacity piece, our desire versus our capacity. Um, we talked a lot about our hierarchy. Um, we have a hierarchy of states in our nervous system. But we also have a hierarchy of states in our money system and our money flow. So, um, if you are, are you, if you're a little FOMO of missing out on that or would like to do it again, I've had people who do it every single time I offer it. We will be doing it again in January. Uh, we'll be getting that link up for you as soon as we can. Um, but just know that in January, you'll have another opportunity to attend six figure frequency. Okay. So there's that. Now, the other thing simultaneously, um, what's been happening is I have been, um, sitting with this, um, feeling of the state of grief. And it's really, what's really fascinating about this is I hold circles and spaces and ceremony and, you know, um, for lots of women and their stuff, right? And I have been holding space like that for a very, very long time. And, um, and it's okay. Like it's, it's okay. And, uh, I had someone close to me, um, lose a family member that was very close to him and, um, you know, and it was very sad, you know, very sad. And I am one of those people who don't know what to say, don't know what to do, partly because there's a finality in someone's death, right? Although their spirit lives on and I believe that and I believe that, you know, will you know be reunited again in energy form we will never again be connected in physical form and there's something very sad about that there's something very final about it and the whole idea of sitting with grief um i didn't recognize it at the time as grief like i just thought why do i have such a hard time with death when i know that people move on i know that the soul moves on i know there's so much evidence that you know there is life after death but why do i have such a hard time and what i realized over the last few days is that i have a i have a challenging time just sitting with grief and that grief is um one of those states that is, to me, feels very heavy. It's like the silence is deafening. It's very quiet. Um, it can be very erratic, unpredictable, 
um, which doesn't feel safe in my body, to be quite honest, right? Um, unpredictability, especially like just saying that word, I'm like, oh yeah, no wonder why I have a hard time sitting with grief, right? It's so unpredictable. Um, am I going to laugh? Am I going to cry? Or is it going to be like, you know, screaming and anger? And, you know, I started thinking about how, you know, if you're someone who, you know, struggles with grief, um, just looking at what does grief, you know, what, what is it for you? Right. What, meaning when you're sitting with a state of grief, to me, it was like very heavy and very silent. And then it sort of lightened up a little bit. Um, and I think what I also witnessed in myself is I'm a fixer and I want to fix it. And I don't like feeling helpless. I don't like feeling helpless. And this feeling of helplessness, this feeling of I'm helpless to make this better for you, um, really was a mirror of like, it was like, it was like the universe held up a mirror and said, look at how you're always trying to fix everything, you know? Um, and I am a natural problem solver, right? I, uh, you have a problem. I want to help solve it. Um, and this is not a problem that can be solved. And so there's nothing to do but sit with, sit with, be with, right? And what's so fascinating is that in our somatic work, right? As, um, you know, those of us who are me and my classmates who do the trainings and we become certified and we just finished up a second certification, um, which is an advanced of the first one, right? Next level. You know, there's a lot of being with, you know, being with, being with the person, being with the state, being with the emotion. And what I, what's, what's really interesting is one of my biggest struggles was really being with and not overly extending myself to try to fix it. And so, um, grief was showing me what was happening in my body as I was trying to, I wasn't actually, and so when I say this one, my struggle is, I'm not saying that I'm actually trying to fix it verbally or I'm trying to fix it to give you a solution or my clients a solution. What I'm saying is, is that in my body, my body starts organizing to get ready to fix it. And so there's a stress in my body. There's a tension in my body of you got to fix it. Right. There's a, there's sort of like, I almost actually am doing it as I'm re- recording right now. Right. Like as I'm talking to you, my body wants to sort of move, organize forward. Like, like I'm ready to run. I'm ready to, I'm ready to bolt and jet and get it and do it. And right. There's this feeling of, I need to, you know, I need to fix it. Now I will a hundred percent tell you that comes from childhood. I know that my, uh, wanting to fix it is a childhood thing. Um, I was organized that way since then. And I am now 49 years old and noticing how it feels in my body because here's the difference between knowing it and feeling it. I've known I was a fixer forever. I've known that I was the fixer child. I was the fixer one in the family. I was the fixer, right? Like I know that was my role, but knowing your role and feeling the nuances of how your body organizes in that role are two very different things. And for me and for my clients, the feeling, the nuances of the being in, 
being able to actually see that and experience it in real time is what makes the change possible. Because once I was able to go, oh my gosh, there you are going at it again. You're, and just that, just the simple like organizing forward, shoulders move forward, chest moves forward. It's almost like, you know, it's a very subtle, you know, of like that running stance, you know, when you're getting ready to run and you're sort of organizing forward, right? It's not quite that extreme. <laughs> Actually, it's not anywhere near that extreme. It's an internal organization with just a subtle change in my body externally. And this is the power of this work. I mean, it's just so freaking, I cannot even explain how potent this work is. The idea that I am challenged in sitting with grief because my body starts to organize to fix it, but then there's no words that come out because there's nothing I know to say to fix it. It becomes an inner conflict. It actually becomes an inner conflict. The conflict becomes, I want to fix it, but I don't know what to say. So now I am not fully being able to express the part of me that wants to fix it. And it, that part of me then gets suppressed because maybe I've wronged that part of me. That's not how it's supposed to be done. Danielle, there's nothing to fix here, right? And so it becomes suppressed. And so my body, my nervous system doesn't get the full range of expression that my body needs, not my voice necessarily, although my voice could be part of it, but my body doesn't get the full range of expression that she needs to complete the movement so I can release it. So I can move on from it. And when we don't have the physical range and we don't have the full range in our nervous system, that becomes something that gets stored. And then when it gets stored, that is how we start to create what people would call, I'm guessing, blocks or, you know, I think most people call them blocks. But I think it's like blocks, right? And then that's what I call emotional debt, that ends up pinching off the money flow or the wealth flow. I mean, it's so freaking subtle. Who would think that grief and not being able to know how to handle grief could pinch off a money flow, right? Now for me, because I am a super aware, right? It doesn't pinch off my money flow because I'm already in a state of wealth. I know how to make money. I know how to bring money in. I know how to be in circulation of money. I easily give money out. I easily take money in. It is a, in a constant, I'm in a constant current of money, right? Currency. I'm in a constant currency of it and I have no bad feeling around it while I'm doing it. So you can be doing something obviously and have a bad feeling around it and then that can pinch you off as well, right? So so that needs to be looked at. And there's, it's nuanced. It's very nuanced. But I can see where a lot of people are in grief and that grief can create some sort of organization in the body. And it might not be the fixer energy that I'm talking about, but it could be something else that cuts and then cuts them off from the wealth, you know, cuts them off from the wealth flow, the money flow. So at any rate, um, it's been really fascinating to be in my body and be with myself while being with another, which brings up a whole another host of um, ideas around the idea of being in self-abandonment for another, another thing I'm very familiar with, versus being in self-loyalty while being with another. 
what do I need in order to be with another in grief? What do I need? Right? What do I require? What, where is my, where does my willing go from unwilling? Cause when you're willing to do something, that's for someone else's pleasure, someone else's, you know, needs. But where does my willing go into unwilling and where do I override the unwilling because I'm sacrificing myself for another? I mean, these are very deep, powerful questions, right? And I share them because for most, I'm going to just, I'm going to use terms that may or may not, um, you know, uh, you might not be, see yourself in, but bear with me here. But like healing arts practitioners or alternative medicine practitioners or healers or coaches or, uh, women who are empaths or highly sensitive people. Um, I specifically say women just because I work with mostly women, although, um, I do have some men who I work with. Um, I actually have one on the calendar currently. <laughs> um, but, it's this sense of um, when you are, when you, if you describe yourself in falling into one of those categories, we can easily and quickly, like before we even, before a blink of an eye, that's how fast we can organize in a way that creates, you know, this self abandoning way, this self abandoning nature, this, you know, I'm going to give all of myself to, right, to help, to support. And um, we take ourselves, you know, if we're talking boundaries, we take ourselves off the list or we, you know, self-care or take ourselves off the list, but it, it goes much deeper than that. It's, it's we don't, we don't feel, right, there's someone else's needs are more important than ours. But what if it could be, your needs are important and are mine and, and we get to sit in what that can look like. Right. And, and I don't mean that this has to be a discussion, but it means what do you require? Right. And so I've had to like really slow down and feel that for myself. And it wasn't perfect. It was really messy. It was really messy. Um, because I did, I did do things willingly for someone else, you know, that maybe I wouldn't have preferred, but that's why it's really good to be clear on what you're willing. And then where does the unwilling come in? And I don't think I did anything that I was unwilling to do, but I think that I probably, there were probably, um, moments that, um, I would have preferred for my own pleasure to do something else. Right. And, and this is where we can get really clear on reminding ourselves, wait, well, this isn't for our pleasure because our pleasure is right. What we want. But right now we are, we are holding the space for another. And which brings up another question of how much of a capacity do you have to be, you know, with someone else's pain? or with someone else's grief where you're not trying to fix it, you're not trying to transform it, you're not trying to change it, right? You're just being with it. And I'm going to tell you that was a very interesting thing too for me to observe for myself, you know, is is that. So what does this have to do with your business? What does this have to do with your money? Everything, everything. Because you cannot extract yourself from any of it. 
And if you are unaware this is going on, if you're unaware this is happening, if you are overriding these pieces and these parts of yourself, then you will see the result and the feedback in your business, in your money, and in your body, right? Overwhelm. I had a client, very stressed out, you know, contacted me from the hospital. I'm like, you're, this is stress. She's like, I, th- I don't know. They're checking to see if I had a heart attack or something. I'm like, you didn't have a heart attack. You're having stress. You don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop. Right. And she's doing this work, but you know, it takes a while. It takes a while. But once you start to get it and connect, it's so rich. And when I say it takes a while, it means depending how receptive you are to changing, um, wanting change and really, really wanting to, you know, some people thrive in the hustle. They want to be in the hustle. They love the pressure and the hustle. But even in that, your body only has so much capacity before it gets overrun with, you know, hormones and emotion that hasn't been processed and, you know, exhaustion and what is your capacity and, you know, do you have the resilience for that? And are you, are you counteracting the hustle and the pressure with, you know, amazing nutrition and rest and, you know, vacations or whatever it is? You know, and when we think about that, we think, okay, well, we need to have money to buy organic or eat really healthy. We need to, we need to have money to be able to take, you know, maybe have a light summer all summer long, you know, which is what three months or two months of, you know, a light, you know, just lightness, um, in our schedules. And so money is required to be able to give yourself, you know, and then maybe hustle for 10 months. I don't know, you know, if that's what you choose, but it's just all just, it's all just questions, right? Cause it's all just choices, but it really does all connect. You know, um, when I started coaching 13 years ago, I was you know, desperate to make money. And then when I found somatic work in 2018, you know, I was like, oh my God, this is how I want to be and run my business. And so now teaching and people how to, you know, have a body led, soul led business, you know, that is where embodiment meets expression and expression creates attraction. You don't need to chase, right? You don't need to chase the money. You don't need to chase the clients. You need to chase the fix. You don't need to chase. You get to attract and to hone that power and that energy of attraction is probably one of the most, I would say the most important the most powerful things you could do in your business. Because when you know how to do that, everything could fall. Everything could dissolve. Everything could be taken from you, right? Let's just say, and you'll know exactly how to rebuild it. And that is potent because that's all in being. And the being is in the body, right? And it's in all of these nuanced ways. So Oh, I feel complete. I, I hope this was valuable for you. I mean, it was just, it felt really good to just say all this and share all this with you. And, um, and so, you know, 
just take it with you. You know, there's nothing you need to do with it, but maybe just take this with you and listen again. And, you know, if there's questions that sort of stick out that I've asked, you know, just try them on and see what, you know, what shows up for you. And, um, and I love you and I hope you have a wonderful week. And if you're in the U.S., happy Thanksgiving because we'll be celebrating in just a couple of days. And, um, and if you're not, then, um, I'm grateful for you and, and have a beautiful rest of your week and we'll see you next week.